ターンアップ Hello, everyone, and welcome out to a new episode of Talking Toku. It's a special episode, just like the other special episodes. So it's a special episode part deux. And this time, it's going to be all about the finale of Kamen Rider Saber. That's right, just episode 47. Uh, just a warning, so no one can be like, yeah, you didn't warn us. There's spoilers. We are discussing the episode, things that happen, because you can't talk about a finale episode and not talk about what happens in it. So clearly, there are spoilers. You have been warned, because I've said spoilers, I believe, four times now. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Mark, and with me, as always, Scott, Scott. I have prepared a statement. Dear Toei, Arigato, thank you so much. This was a fun ride. That, that is my statement. That is was, <laughs> when you warned me ahead of time, I was just like, it like gave me like, hey, I'm gonna be able to, I'm like, I, I, I thought it was gonna be. I thought like you heard this long drawn out like, here we go, here's this, and then it's just like two sentences. But you know me, that is basically the extent of my entire life. Is ah. <laughs> I haven't been let down this quickly since the first three minutes of Space Jam: A New Legacy. Oof. But that, not, that is not this kind of podcast, though. Uh, but no, uh, Toei uh, and the writers, they hit it around the park. And thank you so much. You know, that was for, I'm going to be honest, I wasn't watching it weekly. I had a lot of stuff that in my personal life that I was dealing with that I let Saber uh, get out of hand. Now I'm caught up. I did watch the finale, and woo, woo, um, that's a lot of. Uh, and to me, it felt like an hour, even though I knew it wasn't an hour. But it. Uh, so, uh, I do have a question for you, uh, Mark. I have a possible correct answer. Did your eyes get a little teary? Yeah, no, yeah, I got I got that little lump in the throat. The eyes got a little misty. I was like, oh man, my allergies are acting up bad today. I was like, just it's odd. I'm not having any sneezing. I'm just having a, a choked up throat, misty, watery eyes. I was like, oh man, I was like, it's it's that weird, weird the pol I, I checked my phone, the pollen count was kind of high that day. So, like, I attribute that. Like, I ran out of Claritin. So, there's just a lot of things going on. It, like, I did, I worked a lot, so I didn't get to dust the apartment. So, it was really dusty as well. So, like, those things all, like, as a deciding factor, kind of led to, like, my eyes, like, moisture, you know, in my eyes swelling up. Maybe a little redness. But that's what Visine is for. And then, like, a little bit, like, a little, like, single tear went down the cheek. And I was like, oh, man. Like, I hate having dry eyes like that. Like, this is just... So then I went to the store, I got some allergy medicine and I was fine. But then the weirdest thing happened because I was like, you know what? That was a good finale. I kind of want to watch it again. And I watched it again. And wouldn't you know it, those the allergy attacks happened. The eye I was like, ah, oh. I was like, stupid allergies. Don't you hate it when that happens? I know. It doesn't happen often, honestly. 
But this is one of those times where I was like, hmm. But jokes aside, this was the most common rider trope heavy. Like, they hit every Toku common rider trope in one freaking fight. And I was just like, wow. And there's some Easter eggs in there that I, for being a common rider Toei fan, you go, oh, I get that reference. I hit him with that Captain America. Like, I understood that reference. It's like, mm-hmm. So, for those of you who are still listening, that means you either have watched the finale or you just like Toku and you don't plan on watching Saber, which is a mistake. You should watch Saber. I'll reiterate it again. You should watch Saber. Uh, so, this is, you know, final episode. We finally got the final full showdown of Storius and Saber. I liked it because also we had a spot on blades there. So it was kind of like they were the trio that kind of started everything They They crossed their swords in the OP video. Like I like that. It wasn't the stereotypical, like one-on-one final battle, even though it did start one-on-one because uh, let's hit them with this. The end of episode 46, Toma got kicked in a pit freaking Sparta style. And then don't you know, uh, because that's when the episode ended. Mm-hmm. And so when the finale started, uh, they had a little recap. And uh, then when it came back to the Toma scene, uh, Toma raises from the grave with help from... Oh, I, Dragon. So, I thought we were doing this back and forth because you're like, you paused. I was like, does he want me to say it? Because that's just weird. <laughs> but no, no the Dragon did show up. Like, I... And it's kind of funny because after what uh, uh, Elemental Dragon was the thing, like I didn't think we were going to get the Primitive Dragon form again at any point because it honestly, from a story standpoint, it wouldn't have made sense. It made sense in this regards because basically this is one of the few Kamen Rider seasons where, yes, Toma is the main rider. But like the supporting cast have a heavy hand in progressing the story and supporting him. So the little kid that was inside of the Primitive Dragon book, you know, being like, hey, I want to hear more of your stories and then saves them, which was cool. Yes. And the way that they did that, it was it wasn't as campy as it looked. Because it did kind of look a little cheesy until you actually understood the story. Yeah, like if someone was, you know, missed a lot of episodes, was like, oh, I'm going to skip all these filler ones. I'm just going to go, even though the whole Primitive Dragon arc technically wasn't a filler. uh, But you didn't watch a lot every episode or a lot of like the major like plot point episodes. You're like, what the hell is going on over here? But I I just liked it because like Primitive Dragon from a the suit actor is been great all the suit actors have been and i liked the primitive dragon fighting style earlier in the season and i liked it in this little jump a little roll into like some attacks and the whole dragon claw coming out of his belt and throwing story else around i was like i was like i hope this is the whole fight but i didn't mind that you know we then had you know luna coming in getting he's him getting his final book Blades at a spot of showing up with that nice triple henchin and that monologue. Mm. Agreed. I don't think there is one bad thing about this episode. I would have liked a little more. 
a little more seriousness to the beginning of the fight, at least. Like, I know, like, 46, that was serious, I'm getting kicked, but, like, I would have liked a little more, like, Castorios, like, his mannerisms seemed a bit odd. Like, I wanted more, like, anger, because you could see he was getting frustrated and flustered during the fight, and that's when mistakes are made, but I would have liked a little more imposing, because... Let's face it, realistically, this whole entire episode, all the fighting in it, it seemed very one-sided the whole time. Yes, and so while this is going on, while the fighting is going on and then telling the story, uh, you get to see people fading in and out of existence. Yeah, and we had May still typing away. I... I'm kind of mad because I thought, honestly, like the manuscript she was typing, because I know she was typing a message to everyone around the world to start remembering their favorite stories. But I thought what she was holding was going to be like Toma's final book, like something would happen to Luna and that manuscript would turn into his final book because he is a writer. So it would make sense that maybe he wrote his final power up. But I still think it was cool with Luna turning into a book, even though. From a continuity standpoint, she was supposed to technically just be the catalyst for the Tome of Omniscience, so or whatever it's pronounced. So it's like, so I was kind of like, well, that Tome's been created, so there's another book? Because that was never brought up before. I got nothing. Kind of like the whole cross-saber thing, too, when, you know... Uh, Saba is just like, oh, the the swords are all brought together. This, oh, it's that one. It's like, okay, so you knew this sword could be created, and it was never your like. He had all the swords at one point, so I'm like, you could have easily summoned the sword then, couldn't you have? Because you had all their their drivers, but you went for the book, and I was like, but then I chalk it up to it's Toku, it's Common Rider, it's just entertainment. You can't nitpick because that's that would be me now nitpicking to find something negative to say about the show. Because other than some of the pacing, I have nothing negative to say. See, I mean, to be honest, if I wanted to nitpick, I could say that I needed more Darren Doll and say Bella in this episode. Mm. Yeah, but, but they're not main three. No, they're not. And I will say this after the fights, and after there is a moment where. Toei hit it out of the park. Wait, you're skipping a major, major thing. If we're going to go past the fight to the next part, we're we're missing the one of my favorite scenes the whole entire season. All the Wonder Eyed books showing up behind them and all the mascots and power-ups just literally dodging, attacking, and protecting them from like every attack from Storios. Because that was badass. Okay, that was. That, I, I will give you credit on that. That was kind of if you like the books your this episode is definitely for you that oh, yeah. they heavily showcased all of the books and i'm going to be honest it was an entire checklist of yeah, hey do you yeah. have this yet here's your shopping list do you have a, like i was watching the scene i was just looking at my bookshelf and i was like i got that i got that i got that one too i was like ooh, i have that one i was like oh i didn't open those ones but i have them because since I have, you know what? I know we're just talking about this episode, but it, it would just be wrong if I didn't do this. We got to talk about merch real quick. Um, so I have all the books, and I have actually the SH figure arts for Saber, Blades, Espada, 
and I have Dragonic Knight and the Jowon Dragon on the way. But since I already have Blades, Espada, and Saber, I ordered a display thing on Amazon that's usually used for like minifigures. And the way it's set up, I will be able to put all the books in the same order, same different tier heights as they are in that scene. And I could put those three SH figure arts in front of the books for a nice photograph. And I'm like, yep, all I'll need is a Storios SH figure arts. And I can I can use figure photography to recreate that scene because I have all the books. How toyetic of you. It's very toyetic. And I'm really annoyed right now. Sidebar, and I'm not taking this out of the episode. They're finishing, they're remodeling the floors upstairs now, and they just now started. And now I'm getting like annoyed. <laughs> All right. Well, so the Toei did something. Now, now, can I move on? Yes. Now we can move on from the fight. Okay. So Toei did something that I am so glad that they did. Um, they had an integration with. Fans, my god, that was fantastic! It was so. For those of you who have seen it, it's basically they had like you know little video clips, whether it was someone using like front facing camera on their phone or webcam, basically just talking about their favorite story from their childhood or memory, just a favorite book or a story. And you know, after even though they beat Storios, it was too late. The world started to, you know, disappear. Toma disappeared. He was in a blank void. And then you just see these little panels behind him, this and that. And Toma's getting all smiling and happy and thanking everyone for sharing. Their, and the whole time watching it, you're just like, mother. Mm. I was like, why are you doing this to me? Like, you're going to hit, you're going to get me like that in a Common Rider episode. That's what you want to do. That's what you chose today. Yes. So, Mark, what is your favorite story? There once was a man from Nantucket. With a d- <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> <Not good. laughs> All right. <laughs> so that that part was actually very interesting because if you actually sat back and enjoyed it for what it was, it was great because it wasn't, you know, it wasn't actors. Well, I mean, they were, some of them were actors, but most of them were actual fans. fans. Yeah, uh, someone I follow on Twitter who does content creating for Toku stuff and lives in Japan uh, actually was in was one of the panels I went by because he tweeted about it, and I was like, oh, man. I was like, that's pretty damn cool. Like, I, I think, and it's one of those things where it's like, I hope, it doesn't become a trope down the road because it feels special now. And I hope it's not something they're going to try and like replicate in future seasons. Absolutely. Um, but this was a very emotional, heavy episode. Um, and with Tomo going into the black void, you know, there was a lot of, um, there was the disappearing of the uh, world, but at the, at the same time, the world was also trying to heal itself at the same time. So, and, like, I thought it was but, funny because, like, all right, so we're getting a lot of like references, and I know that, like, they aren't 
on purpose because it's just a part of like the world came back, but a lot of people disappeared and all of a sudden, you know, they come back. But another thing, because I forgot to mention it before, because for another episode, we had a Dragon Ball Z reference from an attack form because Storios definitely did Frieza's death ball when he raised his hand up. And I was like, that's another Dragon Ball Z attack reference because we had the whole Piccolo and Goku versus Raditz with Slash and Buster. And now we had Storios doing Frieza's death ball. And I was just like, you know, what? I appreciate these Dragon Ball Z like attack references, even if they're unintentional. That's just where my brain goes with it. Nothing wrong with that. That was made up like an uh, end game reference with all snapping the fingers and everyone coming back. But it was uh, before we talk about everyone coming back. May's like eulogy and epilogue talked about like, you know, because it was like the event for publishing Toma's book. And this and that was just it's like we didn't even have time to digest the whole all the fans talk about their favorite stories. And they're like, oh, we're going to lead right into uh, May doing a eulogy. It's like you bastards that and they kept on cutting to Rin who's in the audience um and good did you did you notice the easter egg of who was sitting next to Rintero um no I did not there's a guy wearing the uh Hermiger like AI gear over his ears like on his head the headset that all the AI uh, robots from zero one wear I did not. Yeah, if you go back and watch it, I was just like, are you kidding me? I was like, so they're in the same universe. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, damn. Which actually uh, ties into next week's episode. Uh, because if if it's zero one uh Saber and then uh, next week's handoff episode. Yeah, no, because we are getting the revise epilogue next week, which is going to be fun. But no, there's a lot. Uh, you know what we didn't talk about? Because you want, yeah, I know you wanted to go into the whole fan inter- integration because I know that was like, that was really good and something unique. We didn't talk about Kenzin. I a lot of swapping books mid attack on that sage. I, yes, I wanted to touch on that. But as you know, I'm a Kenzin fanboy through and through, but I I think that was the most because that was basically the best part because Kenzen and Kento finally got to you know, connect and be a team and it actually worked so well Um, The peak of strength And the, the Kento being what he was, I really wish they did a lot more with uh, Kento. Yeah, I uh, see the thing with Kento. I'm, I'm content with what they ended up presenting because he was more of a major factor of the first arc, and then when he, you know, came back as Caliber. But other than that, like when you really think about it, he he had a lot already presented to us and once he rejoined home and everyone else i really don't feel like they needed to explore anything really deeper with him because they already had you know by this time rintero was going through his arc where he got his snow lion senki and we had 
Kenzin going through the whole thing with DSAST and, you know, like a lot of people saying like Ogami and Slash didn't really get much. It's like, well, they're kind of like the OGs of the group. They've been there for the longest active members now. And like, you know, they had stuff in the little special episodes. Ogami has freaking his manga and they basically didn't really need like not everyone needs a dynamic you know, character change and this and that when it's like, Ogami's a father, he's older, he's already went through his arcs of changing as a character and Slash being like the handler and kind of like not, I guess the weapons expert slash historian, you know, he doesn't need to change his personality and go through like these character arcs either because then that would have been too much. Kind of like, you know, I think even though everyone complains about Sabelle and Durandal and all the awkwardness and like how they weren't featured as badasses enough, they went through a lot of character changes too. Like the fact that Durandal was working with them by the end, that's in Sabella kind of acting more of like the younger sibling who's just like, look, he could change. He's not so stoic and I'm weird. And it's like, okay, I'll allow it. And so. One of the things that I really liked was how they destroyed the base. Uh, I think Astros' uh, base was the North Space. Uh, no, his that was just something that created on its own. That wasn't one of the bases. His tower oh. was. It was like Shang Tsung's tower, where it just rose out of the ground. Oh, okay. So conveniently, uh, you know, about hundred kilometers away from where everything else is, so they didn't have to travel far. Um, but yeah, that entire portion of the story was fantastic. Um, but I think it was the pacing was fantastic. Um, one hundred percent. This episode was great, and in all honesty, there wasn't a lot of dialogue. No, no, it was there was, but not like a normal just talking episode yes like the eulogy and all talking and stuff like that that was there but the fight had a good amount of dialogue there's some passing over like sentences that might have like where he was talking about like all these stories and books are meaningless and they have no no meaning and then there's just a pass by toma response like yeah if that's the case then why did you write poems and i'm like damn I was like, that is a good one-liner, like a good little zinger right back at him. Because then right after that, he's like, Ugh! and I'm like, ha, he got him. I was like, that was good. But there was there was a lot of good dialogue in the fight um, that was just probably overlooked because the fight was so... And usually I hate heavy CG episodes for uh, Toku stuff, but like all the books attacking this and that, I loved all the CG from it. And then there was one, another Easter egg because most of the books, like, Toma was, you know, controlling. Like, he was able to, like, attack with them. And then you notice, like, Blades and Espada were using their own books. But I noticed Espada used a caliber attack. And his sword actually was purple. Like, yes. it was yellow. It just glued purple really quick. And I was like, <gasps> I was like, that's a nice nod at the fact that he was caliber at one point. Yes. And, it, you know, with the books attacking and... The way that, uh, you know, Luna gathered all the swords for uh, making one of the greatest Wonder White 
uh, the greatest Wonder Ride book in existence. I really like how that book functions. I put it up there from a just a visual, not functionality. Uh, just from a visual standpoint, I put it up there with a superhero Senki book. I love that superhero Senki book so much, and I cannot wait till January to have that on my collection. Like, it's, I just, and it's just, yeah, I like the books. All the book designs are so nice. And this one was just like, I, I like the multi fold opening ones a lot. Um, I don't, the, 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 was it the emotional dragon one's kind of weird? Um, from an opening standpoint, but I do this, this, this wonder story book is so good. And I love the fact that it's like all the stories, which is just great. That's every, that's, that's the appeal of it. It makes sense that this would be the final power up all the books. Agreed. And there, I, they hit it out of the park and the, there are the montage, the flashbacks, so, for people who haven't been watching Saber, almost every single episode, there's a little uh, flashback when they were younger. And yet, everything tied together. Um, That's called long-term booking, kid. <laughs> Make sure you're famous. Um, but I'm... I, I when I was talking to Mark earlier before we went on air, I made the point go, I saw Zeus. I'm so happy. Zeus was in the full last episode too, like talking to him when Luna was right. you know, tricking him, which like yeah, but no, that was great too. Like uh everyone returning and like Toma being in the Wonder World, like writing a new book, and the new book was like basically a new version of the tome that Storios and Solomon were trying to get their hands on the whole time. So he eventually had the power to write a whole new tome. And I was like, all right. I was like, then because he was finished, he got to go. I kind of wish if this isn't nitpicking, this is like the only negative thing. I was kind of hoping he would have had more interaction with them before he left. Cause it's like, he went through all that to find Luna and this and that. And then he's finally in Wonderworld with Luna. And it's like, Ah, I see you later. I wrote the book. I'm gonna go home and get some eclairs now. And it's like no real like no real like emotional goodbye to Luna. Like and I was like, mm, like Yuri, like Tassel, like I was just like, really? Like you're just gonna be like, all right, see you guys later. Bye. I'm out. Deuces. I had so much Star Wars vibe during that entire uh Sequence with, you know, Tassel, Zeus, Legio. Um, it, but it, it worked. Yeah, no, um, it, 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 it did its purpose. Like, they didn't want to drag it out. And uh, the theme song playing on loop was amazing. Uh, when you, like, that, that's such a good theme song. And I always liked, like, you know it's going to be a good fight when the theme song is playing during the fight. Cause they played it during the story fight. They played it during, uh, the solemn fight when it was, uh, when he did the collaboration. So he had blades, Espada, and brave dragon books with the cross saber henshin. And they started playing it like anytime the opening OP is playing or anything that has a piano 
kind of like the DSAS and Kenzen fight, like, you know, this is going to be a good fight. Yes. I'm, I'm going to be honest. Um, there was a few, it wasn't perfect. This was uh, not a perfect episode, but for what it is and for what they've had to deal with for the last year, Arigato, very, very much so. Yeah, it's not, it wasn't a perfect episode. I think it was a f- perfect and fitting ending for the series. I think, yes, I think, honestly, the fan integration and this, that was like a nice nod to be in like, hey, thanks for sticking with us. Because let's face it, going into a new era isn't like this is only the second like show from the Rewa era. Obviously, you know, there's going to be changes from the previous Hasei or Hasai, depending on what you want to announce it. Like phase one, phase two of those had a lot of great seasons and a lot and a decent and, and some bad ones. Um, but, you know, where it's picking up, I think, you know, with the way zero one went because of pandemic and pausing on shoots and everything they did with this. And I from start to finish, I think this was a nice, complete story, minimal plot holes. And this final episode was just so good. I liked the interaction with everyone at the end, especially when Toma comes back. You see everyone like happy and they're like, uh, what's going on? Like the second, you know, the guy on the phone was like, what? They all just started appearing again. And you see Rentro's face like perk up and he kind of had that hopeful look. And then Mai's just like looking over the podium like, hey, what's going on? And then everyone knew to like go gather. And then Toma just appears. And I'm like, ah, I was like happy freaking ending because like i don't mind when there's a happy ending in a season of a show but at the same time it was kind of so let's set up the scene at the very end so kento is sitting by the infamous tree i don't know if the tree actually had the name or not i call it the knowledge tree the knowledge tree because i was reading books under it so it's like hey now knowledge tree um and that was a pivotal uh uh, plot device throughout the show is this tree because it's in the entire uh, intro. And, you know, it's in like every flashback. It is. And anytime, anytime he's like, if, like, when Kanto was, you know, caliber of the side, he's like, you could meet me where we always used to hang out when we were kids. And it's like that damn tree. And that is where we end. That. With the three, Kento, Mai, and uh, Toma sitting by the tree, reading a book. So my final thoughts of this episode, a uh, solid 7 out of 10. That's a good one. No, that's, that's a good uh, thing. I, I think because I'm so emotionally invested in the show like a hundred percent like this i haven't been this invested in a season because like i mean i've watched a lot of seasons not as they aired uh i've watched a few and then went back but like i think honestly like other than blade ghost and zero one like those are actually really good finale like this was a finale that just really hit it home for me. I think, damn. 
Right, that was a loud hammer noise. That's good. I'm not even going to be able to edit that out because it happened while I was talking. Um, I think just from the standpoint of... Dude, this is... Uh, I'll, I'll be able to edit that out. But So yeah, this, this is a good episode. I think the epilogue is where we're going to get some of the loose ends tied up. And I'm curious to see what everything's like post-saving the world. Since it's hammer time, I think it's a good time to, uh, I, uh, I'm going to say this, I'm so excited for next week, and I want to say thank you each and every one of your listeners, and, uh, it's almost revise time. I know, we're like a week and a half away, but we're also a week and a half away from my favorite thing in the world, new merch. Indeed. Uh, I have nothing else to say for this episode except it was fantastic. Again, arigato toe. All right, you guys. Thank you for listening. You can find the podcast at all podcast streaming platforms. Make sure you subscribe and check out more. We'll have some regular Toku-themed episodes coming soon. This was just specials for Saber. So thank you for listening. <laughs>